NBA Australia, how are you going? Hey, you yeah. It's NBA Australia, that's right, it's Tuesday, January 11, all day. I'm your host, James Clements, I'm a writer sometimes, for whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here, sweating like a priest near a preschool in Larry Armour Studios. Old mate did not have the aircon on in here. <laughs> Which is working. Jesus. Anyway, I'm here hanging out, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season, while repping Australia a bit. We don't take things too seriously around here, just a heads up. But we're taking, informing you and entertaining you about basketball versus Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, the Nets, struggling. Especially with Kyrie. It's a bit weird. The Magic gave extensions to their brains trust. Uh, ben Simmons, rumors roll on. It's all good stuff. And we've got seven games covered in the NBA Australia Game Wraps as well today. We've got our top five backcourts. That's going to be fun. I sort of just got my brain moving yesterday talking about that. Figured I'd uh, try to nut it out. Ah, we've got a juicy slab, but that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spudder the knife, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got yeah, Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. And we've got our back takeouts. We were serving up a flame grilled take. Australian player watch, pretty brief one today. Uh, Petty Thrills, not lighting it up at the moment. Uh, we've got a Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award. That's pretty fun. And I think it's a bit of a combo of a uh, Andrew Gay's Grand Mumber award as well. Nice. Uh, we've got the previews and picks for tomorrow. Some belters in there tomorrow. And we'll finish up with a very, very, very brief Jingles HR. Because we're going to go get the squid. <laughs> All right. Episode 733 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better. Better watch out for the thrift shop attack if you're the uh, Nets. How was that? Anyway, great fun games today. I'm enjoying all this one. It's a lot of uh, fun games today. Old mate wandered into the uh, living room today. It's like, how's the basketball? I'm like... Really good? <laughs> this is gnarly. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. There you go. You get it? It's a, it's a whip. Crap, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned the magic. Uh, they've extended the contracts of uh, Jeff Weltman, their president, and the GM, John Hammond, through the 2025 season. Now, I kind of don't mind this because like, your first response will be like, huh? And the second response is probably like, what the shit? Don't they suck? Because, uh, I mean, this is the team that have put together a juggernaut 7-34 Orlando Magic squad. Uh, but I actually don't mind it because they're committed to rebuilding, what, last year? They got rid of Vooch, Fournier and Co., Gordon. And uh, I kind of love that the Magic Brains Trust are like, you know what? Fuck it. The job's secure for the next three to four years. Do your damn job. And uh, don't look over your shoulder. We've got a new head coach. Got a bunch of young dudes. What do you got? You got Wagner. Hello. Both the Wagners. We're cornering the market in Wagners. <laughs> uh, you got Ice Cole Anthony. You got Jalen Suggs. You've got the uh, Wendell Carter Jr. You got the Mo Bumba combo. You got Johnny Isaac, Marco Fultz. The thing is, like, from a sort of, you know, step back point of view, you're like, well, the Magic have got some building blocks. You do have to wonder if those building blocks are any good. <laughs> but I guess we're going to find out. Uh, but they do have six firsts in the next four years as well. So, I don't know. It's pretty good. Let the magic cook. Off you go. 
Uh, James Harden was out today. Interesting stuff. Uh, I'll tell you what, because, you know, that's how it goes. It is interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. It, they're like, oh, he's got a, James has got a hyperextended knee. Which very much feels, to me, like it's code for James couldn't be fucked flying all the way to Portland for this makeup game, so he's going to rehab in the fine gentlemen's establishments of Brooklyn and meet you in Chicago. <laughs> because they did say, it's like, ah, oh, he'll probably be all right for the next game. It's like, yeah, I don't want to fucking fly to goddamn Portland. Not with Kyrie on the plane fucking trying to convince me to open my third eye the entire time. I got better things to do, like put these strippers through college. <laughs> nice one. Fat Man Hoop, Brooklyn Clan. Love it. Uh, players of the Week are announced. Ja Morant goes back to back. How good is that? <laughs> it's actually bloody good. Uh, you know, they're on a, what, a 19 to 4 run? The Grizz? Yeah, not bad. And uh, Fred Van Vliet of the Fighting Van Vliet's was uh, the ace player. And uh, the last little bit of news about Ben Simmons uh, from Shams of The Athletic. Uh, basically saying, yeah, look, Simo's not getting fined at the moment because he's like doing practice stuff and he's being at team meetings. And it's like, okay, really? I keep hearing conflicting reports about how much he's being fined or whether or not he's being fined. Is he being fined? Who knows? And if he's not being fined and he's just not playing because he's just like, oh, I'll just die water. It's a bit fucked. Uh, but either way, the suitors, apparently for Simo at the moment, include the Hawks, the Kangs, the Blazers, the Wolves, and the Pacers. And uh, I'll tell you what, there's some interesting, like, uh, you know, packages you could put together around that. Obviously, Shams would go on in this article to say, John Collins at a toilet cocktail. He's not exactly happy with his role at the moment. But uh, at the same time, it's like, yeah, what are you going to get? John Collins and Cam Reddish for Ben Simmons? I don't know how that's going to... Uh, really helped the uh, Sixers there, so I don't know, but obviously the Kings, the Blazers, the Wolves, the Pacers, there has got to be a framework for a deal in there somewhere. The problem is, none of them are basically as good as Ben Simmons, as big of a fucking sook as he may be. So here we are, with our thumbs in our bum, waiting on Daryl Morey to do something. <laughs> well, Simo has a fucking sook. Alright, anyway, let's do some game raps from today, shall we? Game raps, 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 game raps. Seven games today. Absolute belters early. Charlotte held on against Millie Walker. I heard it's a gonkin for the good land. Not the good land today. 103.99. Bucks got jumped out of the gate. Fought back. Got the, uh, what was it, one point lead at the half? The Charlotte kicked the shit out of him in the third quarter. Up as many as 15. But the fourth quarter was awesome. The Bucks fought it all the way back down to Tide. With fuck all time left, uh, but couldn't hit a shot when it mattered. And what do I say here all the time on NBA Australia? Oh, it's really hard to get back into a game, tie it up, and then get over the hump. It is. It really is. I mean, this is the thing. We're all human, apart from all you robots out there listening. Uh, but the just the sheer magnitude of the effort you have to expend to usually like fight back, play defense to a degree where you're actually clawing points back and you're actually scoring as well. It just sucks because sometimes you get it there, you're like, we're tired, and then the other team goes, oh, well, now we're going to try a bit harder, and boom, off you go. So two and a half minutes left in this one. Uh, game was tied. There's a Giannis miss, a Portis foul, a Nawara turnover, a Middleton miss, a Giannis turnover, and suddenly they're down four again. But uh, Giannis finally gets one to go. Where's Matthew as a tip in putback? And it's tied again, 35 seconds left. 
And Lamello hits a beautiful little floater in the lane. Eight seconds left. Giannis drives and throws the pass basically way over the top of Paddy Connaughton's head. <laughs> and uh, game over. I mean, you know, they foul. Miles Bridges hits both of his free throws. The game's over. Like, Giannis hits a three after the buzzer, but it didn't matter. Weird scenes there for the Bucks. I mean, I'll tell you what. The thing is, they just really, really, really miss having a point guard. <laughs> you could see how that might be a problem. They don't have Drew Holiday. They don't have Georgie Boy Hill. Giannis still had 26, 13, and 8, but they had 20 turnovers as a team. Giannis had 6. Middleton had 7. Middleton had 27 points, 7 rebounds, and 11 assists as well, but those 7 turnovers were killer. 18 for Nawara, and fuck all else for the Bucks. 10 points off the bench on 3 of 23 shooting. Yeesh! Anyway, the Hornets, Terry Rouse had 27. Lamello had 23. 17, 11 miles bridges, and 14, 4, and 3 for uh, Gordy. They're a weird team, Charlotte. I keep saying it. They've won a couple on the trot now, three on the trot. Uh, they're 22 and 19. Milwaukee, 26 and 17. Charlotte, it's weird because it doesn't really feel like Gordon Hayward enjoys playing with Lamello and Terry Rose. To be honest, I'm not entirely convinced who in, would ever enjoy playing with Terry Rose. Uh, but yeah, not Gordy at all. Anyway, but they do just have a lot of talent. And they're only going like eight deep at the moment. PJ Hamilton Washington was pretty rough off the bench. He went two or ten. You got your uh, one of your Martin twins. You've got like it's just you've got your Jalen McDaniels. Like it's just a bit rough. But look, they keep winning. So good on them. What were the other ones? Ah, Detroit. That's right. The Detroit Basketball Pistons from Detroit, Michigan beat. That's right. The Utah Yaz one and twenty six, one sixteen. I did pick this yesterday. It's a plus 11 and a half. Didn't expect that. Uh, <laughs> if you flip that around, it's still almost pretty crazy. Uh, this is a wild game. 22-point lead for the Yaz. Still up 13 when it was halftime. And then it was just gone. Cade, uh, Cade Cunningham lights it up. He has a season high and career high, obviously, because he's a rookie. He has 18 points in the third quarter. 18. It was insane. He just lit him up. And uh, that was kind of the uh, story of this game, right? So they couldn't defend the Pistons without Rudy Gobert. So, obviously, the Yaz without Rudy Gobert and the COVID protocols, without Jingling Joe Ingles, and they now are just really fucking bad. It's also one of those, like, hilarious, like, realizations of, like, oh, well, Hussar Whiteside isn't bad. He can fill in at a pinch. No, he can't. Gobert does a lot more than just, like, get a bunch of fucking counting stats, you know? Uh, the Pistons, like, they just literally just went, all right, if you're going to go small jazz, we'll pick and roll, get a switch, barrel towards the hoop, and it just fucking worked time and time again because the Utah perimeter defense is... That's a gross sound, so there you go. Detroit run over the top of the jazz. Donnie Mitchell had 31 points. You're like, oh, that's not bad. He shot 11 of 25, though. Whiteside had 21 and 14 with three blocks, but can't, get like, defend anything. Like, it's weird. Uh, Clarkson had 16 points, 4 turnovers. Bojan went 0-4 from downtown for his 12 points and 13 and 8 for Conley, but just not enough there. Pistons 29 and 8 for Kate Cunningham. 19 and 37 from 3 they went as a team. That's a, uh, a season high for the team as well. Big Deke base. A Duke! 29 points, 5 of 7 from downtown. 14, 6 and 5 for Trey, not Donovan Mitchell, Lyles. He's actually been pretty good the last couple of weeks. Good on you, Trey Lyles. And Corey Joseph, he had 16 points, went 4 of 4 from downtown. Utah suddenly dropped from, uh, basically, they've dropped three in a row, 28 and 13, and the Pistons are 9 and 30. Wild scenes. Uh, another close game. I'll tell you what, it wasn't a good game, though. Boston held on against the Pacers, 108-98 in overtime. 101-98 in overtime. 
that tells you a pretty big story, doesn't it? Brickfest, 38% for the sh- uh, for the Pacers shooting, 39% for the Celtics. Not great. No one could do shit. I still don't even know how Indy kept this close. They couldn't hit a fucking thing for basically the entire second half. Nor could Boston. Lance Lance make him dance happens. Like it was 83-81. Boston lead. Lance hits this insane like late shot clock three and then a rifle pass for an and one bucket to uh, Brissette. O'Shea Brissett ends up in overtime after a big Tatum game tire. And the Celtics just held on in overtime. This was just, I don't know. So Tatum and Brown came out and were like, yeah, you know, Jason and I had a bit of a chat about how we both want to be here, says Jalen Brown. And then you watch them play. It's like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that, does it? Marcus Smart left this one with a bit of a thigh contusion. Uh, he had 11 points and 11 shots. Uh, but basically, they held on in overtime because a big corner three from Grant Williams, and uh, there was a bad foul late, but the, they had just enough. Brown was just getting every rebound. And Indy, I mean, this is the thing. Indy just couldn't do anything. So they had a uh, triple-double for the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis. 11 points on 3 of 12 shooting, 23 rebounds and 10 assists. It was such a weird triple-double. That's one of the more uh, unique ones you'll ever see. Miles Turner, he sucked. Tory Craig had 19 points. Lance had 14 points off the bench. Good to see Kiefer Sykes, formerly of the old uh, Southeast Melbourne Magic Phoenix, 11 points and starting for the Pacers now. Uh, had his contract guaranteed. You'd love to see that. But Miles Turner, it's just, ugh, I don't know, man. Without Brogdon, without Levert, this Pacers team is kind of shit. But the fact that Boston, like, basically kind of healthy-ish, couldn't beat him until, like, you know, right at the end of overtime. Pretty weird. Jalen Brown had 26, 15, and 6. He's awesome. He really is. He shot 11 of 26, though, for his 26 points. Tatum had 24 points. He shot 7 of 21. He did have 12 rebounds. Time Lord had 14 and 12. I'll tell you what. Robert Williams is fun as shit. <laughs> I love him. Three blocks as well. Marcus Smart had the 11, as mentioned. Richo, big minutes. He still had 9 points, 0 rebounds, and 1 assist in 37 minutes. Yeah, Schroeder was horrible. I'm German Rondo. I'm Dennis Schroeder. Oh, four. 4. Thanks for coming, Dennis. Indy dropped to 15 and 26, and uh, basically that's Packer-up boys territory. Boston, meanwhile, 20 and 21, hanging on. Uh, San Antonio on the old New York back-to-back lost this one against the Knicks, 111-96. Uh, they gave him a run in the first half. Julius Randle was stinking up the joint. Get to that later. Uh, Fournier was back, though, and hitting junk, and RJ Barrett just fucking took this game over. Worked them over in the second half. They edged away. Like, the back-to-back sort of took its toll on the Spurs a bit, obviously. And uh, their shot just started not falling, and the defense kind of fell apart. And uh, RJ, Fournier, Burks, etc. Ran a little bit rampant. DeJounte Murray at 24-4-5 and because he is a gun. Uh, Lonnie Walker, 5-19, of 19, though. Thanks for coming. 12-10 and two blocks for Teenage Mutant Yaka Pirtle. No rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em Landale. Uh, basically... Got engaged and uh, was then missing this game due to uh, back problems. His back smashed out. <laughs> Congrats. Bench couldn't get cooking. Forbes was 2 of 7. The Spurs just didn't have anything there. RJ Barrett at 31. He was awesome. 12 of 20 from the floor. 3 of 4 from downtown. 4 assists. Fournier goes 4 of 7 from downtown. For his 18. Alec Burks had 16. The other Mitch Robinson. 13 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Obi Toppin ain't no stopping. Obi Toppin. 6-3, 12 for IQ off the bench as well. You might notice I didn't say Julius Randle because uh, he's going to pop up again in a second. Spurs dropped to 15-25. and 25. Speaking of Packer Up, boys, and the Knickerbockers of New York City now to 20-21. and 21. 
That's pretty weird because it's basically the exact same as Indian Boston. <laughs> Philly kicked the shit out of Houston, 111-91. Embiid just did bad things to them and uh, they fell apart. It's also like one of those things like the Rockets just, when they're getting cleaned up on defense, their offense just sort of takes a bit of a holiday as well. So this is what happened. They towed him in the first quarter and they never looked back. Like it beats the fulcrum of this, right? And they hit enough shots to dismantle the Rockets on the other end and... Uh, like, whether or not being on defense, you're just dis- demolishing dudes. And then, even with Tobias Harris kind of stinking in this one, it didn't matter. And B just still had another 30-point game and crushed it. Christian Wood had 14 and 6. Jalen Green, 14 points, 5 rebounds. He did have 7 turnovers. And everybody else was pretty bad. KPJ, Kevin Porter Jr., 0 of 5 for downtown, 4 turnovers, 8 points. For the Sixers, I mean, they shot 39%. The Rockets had a 20 turnovers. Yeesh! Uh, Embiid had 31, 8, and 6. He was awesome. In 26 minutes, he had that. 31, 8, and 6. Unbelievable. 13, 4, and 4 for Tobias Harris, the never nude. Furkin, fucking Furkin. 12, and 6 for him. How was uh, Andre Drummond off the bench, though? 13, and 11. Not bad. I'll tell you what. Might be the fact that Houston's uh, center is Christian Wood, and they don't have any size. 11, and 30 now for the uh, Rockets. Philly, now 22, and 16. 7 on the trot. And then the last two games, the late games, Cleveland. Cleveland? Cleveland! Held on against Sacramento, 109-108, despite not scoring for the last two and a half minutes of the game. Not ideal. Uh, the King, like, this was a really fun game. Like, it was back and forth all the way. Uh, Kings would sort of go ice cold and struggle to stay in touch and then bang, they'd get hot again. And the same thing would happen with the Cavs. It was tied 94-94 halfway through the fourth after a Larry Markin and three. The Kings then decided for... I don't know, the next two and a bit minutes to just do nothing. It was literally like turnover, miss, turnover, miss, turnover, miss. And then the Cavs are up six. Mobley, Garland, and Allen were doing some work. And then the Cavs decided to, it was like Allen, miss, turnover, give up an offensive tick dunk. Garland, miss. Allen, miss, put back. Garland, miss, three. Mobley, turnover. And suddenly it's 109, 108. (laughs) So what the fuck just happened? They had this in the bag, the Cavs, and then they did not... So Kings call the timeout. Darren Fox dances and prances. Isos takes up a shot from the top of the... Ca- oh, clank. And uh, you do have to question the simple fact of... Uh, I don't know, why the fuck was Darren Fox taking this game-winning shot when, I don't know, there was this simple idea that uh, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald were just absolute fucking flamethrowers. And... Uh, Instead, you know, they went, oh, fuck it, actually. Maybe we shall give it to Darren Fox. And uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Bad shot. Anyway, horrible last play call. What can you do? Mid-range step back, contested by two dudes. Ugh. Anyway, Halliburton had 21 and 8. Buddy Heald, 19 points, 5-8 from downtown. Darren Fox, 5 of 14. So, yeah, we should definitely give it to that guy for the game winner. 12 points. Unbelievable. Uh, the Cavs, 18 and 17 with uh, two blocks for go. The throw, Jared Allen. Evan Mobley, awesome again. 17, 7, and 5 with two blocks. Garland, Darius, Judy, Garland, 12 points. 11 assists, though. Even though he shot like shit 5 of 13. K-Love at 18. Lowry had 15, and so did Chetty Osman. Good win for the uh, Cavs. I did predict them the, uh, to cover, but, I mean, they held off a very feisty Kings team who just made some bad decisions. <laughs> 16 and 27, the Kings. Cleveland. That's right, Cleveland. Cleveland! 23 and 18. Brooklyn lost in Portland. Word? 108, 114 without basically Portland having anyone good on their team at the moment. 
No Norm Powell. No Dame. No CJ McCollum. And uh, Brooklyn at least had KD and Kyrie. Unfortunately, KD and Kyrie never looked in sync. And they got beaten by Benny McLemore, thrift shop himself, Dennis Smith Jr. And a couple of young dudes, Anthony Simons and Nasir Little, absolutely crushing it. And uh, when that happens, you've got to turn around and go, oh, right, the Nets were on a back-to-back. But more importantly, they suck on defense. Wow. So uh, not ideal for Brooklyn. The fact that they were 10.5-point favorites and uh, lost by six says a lot. KD at 28-10-5, but shot 9 of 19 overall, 2 of 7 from downtown. Just never quite looked like he was going to dominate. Kyrie, same vibes. 22 points on 21 shots for him. Four assists on four turnovers. Old fucking Chauncey Billups like, yeah, man, he's like the most talented point guard ever. Meanwhile, he's like out there like a fucking anti-vax dealo with handles, like playing zero fucking defense. And like, actually might be the worst case for Kyrie. He does the Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook kind of pretend defense. Oh, no, I'm kind of defending. It's like, no, you're not. What are you doing? Cam Thomas had 21 points off the bench. Paddy Mills struggled uh, mightily again. Bit of a tough one, but the shot will bounce back. It always does for Patty. Anthony Simons had 23 points and 11 assists for the Blazers. He was awesome. I mean, shot 10 of 24 and 2 of 11 from 3, but still, he's young as hell, and I'm basically going to lead the call of, fuck it, build around Anthony Simons. 21 points and 5 of 7 from downtown for Covington, a.k.a. please trade for me, Brooklyn. <laughs> 20 points and 5 of 8 from 3 for uh, Benny McLemore, thrift shop himself. Love that. 14 and 8 for Nurk as well. Brooklyn dropped to 25 and 14. Portland up to 16 and 24. You love to see it, I guess. It doesn't make much sense. We'll talk about Portland again later. Either way, let's do an NBA Australia Proof performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That is a knife. RJ Barrett, I mentioned this, 31 points, 12 or 20 on a night where Julius Randle just went completely fucking MIA. Uh, RJ stepped up hardcore, 12 of 20, 3 of 4 from downtown with his 4 assists. Took that game over, had an in-game windmill, that was shook. Took the Spurs apart, good on you RJ Barrett. But Embiid, just fucking talk about playing with your food. 9 of 16 from the floor, 13 of 13 on free throws, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks and a steal in 26 minutes. That is Unbelievable. Good job, Joel Embiid. So, yeah, there you go. A couple of East uh, NBA Australia approved performances tonight for him. How about Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 a big part of that was Patty Connaughton and Dante DiVincenzo because uh, Patty C goes 0 of 6 in 23 minutes, 0 of 5 from downtown for his 0 points, and Dante DiVincenzo went 0 of 8 in 16 minutes, 0 of 7 from downtown with 2 turnovers and 4 rebounds. So there you go. That might explain why you lost in back-to-back games to the Charlotte Hornets because your two shooters went 0 of 14 and 0 of 12 from downtown combined. Just a, just roll a couple of spuds out there. They might have a better chance of actually making a bloody bucket for the Bucks. What's going on there? Patty C and Dante. Yeah, the spuds of the night. Who's old mate? No mates, though. This one's easy. 
Oh mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? I tell you what, Julius Randall is uh, searching for mates in New York City right now. Everyone's like looking around, going, "No, Julius, no mate. He's your fucking mate. <laughs> He's not my mate. He's your fucking mate, mate." Uh, so Randall ends ends the game with a frustration foul. Just fucking sprints to the bench. Sits down, the crowd's booing him again, and then we're chanting for Ain't No Stopping Obi Toppin, his replacement. So, you love to see that. Julius had two points today. That's his lowest scoring game as a Nick ever. He goes one of seven from the floor with three turnovers in 34 minutes. How's that? Two points, three assists, three turnovers in 34 minutes. Yikes! Just as well you signed him to that extension, eh, Knicks fans? Oh, I'm just saying... Pantsing the night. Uh, it's got to go to thrift shop. Pantsing Kevin Durant. Like KD getting blocked by Ben McLemore in real life and not on like fucking 2K or something. It's just mind-blowing. But uh, KD did like this weird sort of drive to the hoop. Looked like he had plenty of room, plenty of space to get his shot off. Hung in the air. And Ben McLemore just went, oh, nah, I'll take that away. And just, like, took it away from Kevin. And uh, that was that. And uh, that was when you're like, oh, well, the Blazers are winning this game. (laughs) Because it was about two minutes or something to go, and Kevin Durant got blocked by Ben McLemore and taken away like you were doing it to, like, your fucking six-year-old, seven-year-old cousin, you know? Tough one for Kevin. What are you going to do? He's also going to play with Kyrie. Have fun with that, Kevin. Who was better than Lonzo Ball? (coughs) Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Anthony Simons. Talk about better than Lonzo Ball. What a streak. So you might remember, obviously, he dropped his 43 going up against Trey Young. Uh, what was that, the start of last week? And then today he drops a 23-11-6 game. Leads his team over the Nets at home. Get a big win, 114-108. But the, look, my favorite thing about Anthony Simons is he's got zero fucking fear. But the 23 points and 11 assists, that was awesome. He's a gun. I love him. 23, 11, and 6 today. Anthony Simons. And look, special extra mention to Kay Cunningham with the career 29 points. That 18 in the third quarter was off the fucking chain. Eight assists, two steals, two blocks. Good on him. They came back from 22 points down. But uh, look, Anthony Simons, absolutely fucking shredding it. The 24th pick back in, what, 2018? So, good on you, Anthony. You are better than Lonzo Ball for today. All right, let's do some Yenars right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some Yenars. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, party time. It's hotter in hell today. So you better go get the uh, online bottle to bring you some booze. How's that sound? Good? Yeah, don't go get the Omicron by going to the uh, bottle or anywhere else. Bring the bottle to you with the dailyliquor.com. You've got all the lick beer, ginger beer, and sample brews and Dos Blocos. Or you can drink 
wines, cocktails, all you need. So enjoy that. It's for the Melbourne metro area. Same day delivery if you order before noon. So go get around the dailyliquor.com right now. Smashing that code Strayer. And uh, you'll get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XPA on your mate Jimmy. How good is that? I'm giving you free beers. Right. Yeah, Nas. Can the Knicks write this ship? Yeah, nah. I mean, it was a good win today. So, yeah. And I think a lot of it does really hinge on the fact that you got to imagine that Julius Randle doesn't suck this badly the rest of the way. And also, RJ Barrett remembers that he's this fucking good all the time. Like, they'll be fine. But the thing is, I'm not convinced they're going to be more than a 500 team, which is horrifying for me because I do have a bit of money on them winning more than 41 games. <laughs> let's go, Nick. Let's go, Knicks. Uh, but shit, the Randall thing's getting a bit messy, right? Like, especially considering they just signed him to a big old extension, another four years, 117 million after this year. So I better lock him away, man. Yeah, really? Why? Oh, he was just pretty good, eh? Okay, but. You could have done the extension at any point. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to price you out of the uh, Julius Randle market right now. But either way, look, a lot of this is going to uh, hang on the RJ Barrett's shoulders, and that's probably a good thing. Like, if you can get him fired up, if you can get him moving uh, moving and smoothing, shaking and baking, then he should be laughing. But it just seems that it's so weird hit and miss. You just need him to find, like, a big chunk of consistency and really kick it up a notch. Like he's been really good since the start of, basically since like Christmas, right? Like New Year's. So he had 26 against OKC, 19, 4, and 3 against Toronto, 32 against Indy, 13, 3, and 6 against Boston, 19, and 6 against Boston, and then 31, 3, and 4 today. Maybe he's turning the corner, and if he is, then the uh, Knicks will be all right. But just got to keep up the consistency, RJ. Can the Jazz do anything to fix this defense, Jimmy? Yeah, nah, yes. There's always something you can do. Uh, but in four games without Rudy the Gobert, they've given up 120.5 points a game. When they had Rudy, it was 106 points a game. I'm no math magician, but if you give up 14 more points per game because one bloke's not there, oh, it's a problem. Oh, it's a problem. It's a problem. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of a problem. Uh, but this roster, look, it's always felt a bit weird defensively, right? Like, you've got Rudy as your anchor. And you've got dudes like Donnie Mitchell, Conley, Bojan, sort of funneling everybody sort of towards him. And he does a great job. You know? Gobert's awesome. That's why he's a two-time defensive player of the year. He's bloody good. But it kind of does feel like they need that sort of Jeremy Grant dude, right? To go, right! We're going to sort of throw another big... Royce Next to Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gay, Jingles... None of them you're sort of looking at that go, well, this guy's going to lock. Royce O'Neal's probably the closest thing to it. As much as I love Jingles, he's very smart. The basketball IQ there is right is just off the fucking charts. He was playing against Paul George. It's shut down time. But, geez, they do need to pry away a bit of Jeremy Grant. And that might help, I think, at least on the perimeter. But they kind of, like, this is the problem with, like, giving Conley all that money when he's the age he is. And Donnie Mitchell just never being a sort of plus defender at all. You get stuck here when you don't have your uh, defensive anchor. So hopefully Rudy comes back and they fix that. But it's probably good just in the in general to go, oh, right, so if we shine a light on how bad we are defensively without Rudy, we should fix that, shouldn't we? Yes. Last night I watched two guys that should be considered in the MVP race. Lakers' LeBron James and Grizzlies guard Ja Morant. Thanks, Magic. Is Magic Johnson right? Yeah, nah, nah. LeBron shouldn't be considered in the MVP fucking chatter. 
I mean, he scored 30-plus in all but one of the 14 games he's played without AD. He's averaging a 34, 9, and 7. 56, 41, 81 shooting. They're 8 and 6 in those games. I'm pretty sure we don't give consideration to the MVPs who are basically playing 500 ball. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> nah, just enjoy that. Oh, well, LeBron and Josh should be in the MVP conversation. Is that right, Magic Johnson? Do you think? <laughs> well, uh, one of them has his team in the top four in the West. I'm just saying. And it's not LeBron. Portland, should they shut down Dame, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. Look, I'd say from a dumb fan, oh, nah, they should tank, bro. That'd be way better for them. Yeah, but also in real-life situations, I'm going to think you've got to go, nah, you've got to go with what Dame wants, right? If Dame just realizes the only way to get over this weird abdominal tendinopathy thing is like rest, which is what it seems like it kind of is, right? You rest it up, you rest it up, you rest it up. And then as soon as you ramp up your uh, activity again, then it can get bad. So it becomes like management and shit. So I don't know. Like you can see the argument for doing what Golden State did with Steph Curry, right? Like as soon as they didn't have Clay, he's like, oh, man, I hurt my hand. <laughs> I hurt it again. I'm sitting out the rest of the season. They go, all right, cool. Uh, they kind of half tank. You let your young dudes just play their asses off and without any of the pressure of having to win. And maybe that's what Portland do. They don't have CJ. Dame struggling with injury. Maybe you sit him. Go all in for a bit of a tank. See how you go. I mean, it's pretty easy to get the top five worst teams at the moment because kind of everyone apart from those bottom four is going for it. So, nice one. Uh, but, I mean, the f- the idea is kind of maybe do you trade CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, Robert Covington for pieces that might fit better around Dame in the future and sort of go, right, well, if we can get a couple of extra years out of Dame, who is a beloved figure in Portland, obviously, and have Nasir Little and Anthony Simons and some of our young dudes sort of grow and get better. Maybe, maybe, maybe we have a contender next year or the year after. I kind of like that, but Dame, look, he hasn't been right basically since last year's playoffs. And then he played in the, uh, he was horrible at the Olympics. He's been horrible so far this season. So I kind of feel like it's best for everybody for he decides, yeah, I should probably sit it out. Just saying. Unpopular opinion of the day. All right, so off the top of my head, I did top five backcourts yesterday. I think I've landed at uh, top five. One, CP3 and Booker at the moment. Number two, DeRozan there and whoever you want to throw next to him in Chicago's backcourt. Levine, Lonzo, the Caruso. Uh, (laughs) The thing is, Chicago's backcourt is amazing. It's like four people deep, and it's awesome. Uh, But either way, and then at number three, I had Jar and Bain. I'd probably put Jar and Bain at number two almost because they're fucking electric. And then... If they'd been playing, if they'd been healthy, you've got some other good ones still floating around. Obviously, Steph and Clay, Kyrie and Harden, Dame and CJ. But for this season, I think we're going to go Conley and Mitchell, Lowry and Butts, Rousey and LaMelo Ball. And uh, up until they got hurt, Darius, Judy Garland and the combo of either Colin the Sex Man Sexton or Ricky Tiki Tata, Rupi O. So I think so far this season, we've gone CP3 and Booker, Jar and Bane, DeMar, Levine, Lonzo, Caruso, whatever. Chicago probably get doctor point just because no one's entirely sure what the backcourt is. <laughs> you know? Number four, Conley and Mitchell, five. I wouldn't mind saying Lowry and Butts, but Butts barely plays. So maybe Rose and Lamello then, at number five. 
And I would not doubt, like, Steph and Jordan Poole could be easily there as well instead of Rose and Lamelo. But when Rose and Lamelo have actually played, they've been awesome. Conley and Mitchell have been really good. Steph and Poole, not bad. Steph and Clay, Kyrie Harden, Damon CJ, just make it happen, you know? I love that. And finally, let's do a bit of Outback Takehouse. It's Tuesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. I'm back on seek.com.au trying to replace my entire kitchen staff because today's special got loose in the kitchen and slaughtered 18 people. That's right, cassowary casserole. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Girl take is very clearly the Nets have been shithouse since they said they were cool with Kyrie being a part-time player. So they got two choices. Either fucking sit that NBA Kanye dickhead down or just very sneakily while he's on the bench, just give him a quick vaccination shot. Only at Outback. To be honest, he was sitting there on the bench today during the game, and I'm like, how hard would it be for KD just to go, hey, Kyrie, what's over that point over there, and then just jab him? (laughs) Do it, KD, you coward. All right, be back with Australian Player Watch right after. Let's say this one. This is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, right, Australian player watch, Paddy Thrills. And that loss to his old team, Portland. Remember when he played for Portland? Three points, one of five from the floor, one of three from downtown. He did have five assists and one block coming off the bench, though. And uh, I'll tell you what, Kyrie should come off the bench to back up Paddy Mills. That's where I'm basically landing, because the Nets are a better team with Paddy starting. Jingles still in the COVID, so he didn't play today. Aussie Matty T played against Houston, smashed it 26 minutes. I didn't mention him. He was awesome again. This is the second time ever Matty T's had back-to-back games in uh, double digits. It's awesome. He had 10 points today, 4 of 7 from the floor, 2 of 5 from downtown. But more importantly, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals in 26 minutes. He's crushing it. And as I mentioned, rock'em, sock'em, block'em, jock'em, Landau, uh... Didn't play against the Knicks. He's out with a sore back. Not surprised. He did just get engaged. I hope his missus is okay as well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award. A very brief one just because I saw this stat and I wanted to throw it out there because it's uh, pretty fucking gnarly, you know what I'm saying? It's the first Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Easy one. The Andrew Gay's Grand Marble Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. Talk about, like, extended fields of excellence. In 2009-2010, the top two players in points per game were Kevin Durant at 30.1 and LeBron James at 29.7. 12 years later, in 2021-2022, the top two in points per game are Kevin Durant at 29.9. That's .2 off where he was. 12 years ago, and LeBron James, 28.9, which is 0.8 off where he was. <laughs> that is unbelievable, isn't it? What an absolute fucking insane world we live in. Anyway, quick Shane Hill, shoot a shoot, shoot your shot, light him up award as well. He threw it down! Are you healed? Are you healed? Praise the Lord, I'm healed. Praise the Lord, for I'm healed. It is the Shane Hill. Shoot a shoot. Shoot your shot, light him up award. Uh, I mean, we did talk about the uh, top five backcourts. 
at the moment. And uh, Clay returning yesterday was awesome. So the thing is, he also made a bit of history when he came back yesterday. He hit two threes and he became the second fastest player in NBA history to make 1.8... Sorry, 1,800 <laughs> career threes. How good's that? So he made it in 615 games. Only bloke who hit 1,800 quicker was Steph in 545. So there you go. Clay Thompson, not only is he back, he also became the second fastest to hit 1,800 career three-pointers in NBA history. That is bloody good. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if Clay, the way he looked yesterday... As long as he and Steph stay healthy, they might be the top backcourt again by the end of this season. Right. Patty Mills Game Day Ball Game Day Twitter check-in. Let's do it. Uh, this one's just Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em Landau with the actual engagement photo. I loved it because he did it in New York, got down on one knee, and I'm like, hang on a second, I know where that is. It's like a fucking... One of the nice little boathouses on... Uh, well, not a boathouse, but like a launch... Boat launch little seating thing that they have in one of the lakes in uh, Central Park, which is right near our old apartment. So that was fucking beautiful. Uh, but Patty Thrills today as well had a great one where Patty uh, put out a really, really awesome sort of uh, thing about Brooklyn and a bunch of photos from uh, and sort of videos and stuff from some of their halftime stuff where he said, since moving to Brooklyn, I've constantly constantly been inspired by the art, energy and culture that has existed here for many years. For Friday Night Live at the Barclays Centre, it was truly an honour on behalf of the Brooklyn Nets to acknowledge and host the Red Hawk Native American Arts Council at our game. Red Hawk is based in Brooklyn and dedicated to furthering the education of Native American heritage through song, dance, theatre, works of art and other cultural forms of expression. Red Hawk artists come from all over the country having the opportunity to represent their families, communities and tribes in New York City. And uh, basically it goes on, it was awesome. And then he says at the end, as an Indigenous man from Australia, I'm grateful to be a member of the Brooklyn community because it's a privilege to be able to share cultures and believe in the power of identity. Thank you, Brooklyn Nets and Red Hawk Native American Council for a very memorable Friday Night Live. It's bloody good. There's a bunch of really good photos, so go check that one out on Paddy's IG. Right, game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, well, the squid's back at daycare. I just don't know, man. Like, <laughs> it's just like, all right, hopefully... We- None of us get the cocoa. I don't want it. I don't want them to get it. They're pretty strict about it, the old uh, daycare, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Such wood is all right. Um, otherwise, it's just bloody hot here. It's like, yeah, get back from the beach where it's been fucking raining for a week, and of course it gets hot here. It's always the way. Two of seven we went on today's picks. Brutal. I uh, missed just a couple by just a couple of points. Uh, so we're 340 of 592 now. So, But we've got six good games tomorrow. We've got the Oklahoma City Thunder. Going to Washington. Mr. Giddy goes to Washington. They're nine and a half point underdogs out of the Thunder. And uh, I do not trust giving the Wizards nine and a half points at all. Like taking nine and a half points to the opposition. I'm going to take the Thunder. They play teams tough. I know that I said the other day that the uh, the tanking is kind of uh, perfect, right? They play teams tough sometimes, most of the time. And then on the odd occasion, they'll get blown out. But this is good. In the long run, they'll be better because of it. But I'm going to take the plus nine and a half against, uh, for Giddy and Co. against the Wiz because the Wiz, there's always just something to be funky about him. So give me the thunder. Toronto, they host Phoenix. Uh, the Raptors are four and a half point underdogs at home with no fans where they're now crushing it and they're on a big win streak. So I might have to take the Raptors plus four and a half because if one's six on the trot, Fred Van Vliet's playing just out of his ass. They've got their eight best players back. 
Phoenix, bit up and down. On the road trip, suddenly playing in front of nobody. I'm taking the Raptors plus four and a half. Even if they don't win, I think this is really close. Uh, and yeah, the Raptors are good. Golden State, they go to Memphis. Uh, I think the this is going to be a tricky one. No Draymond. The Grizzlies are one and a half point underdogs at home against the Warriors. I'm taking Memphis. I think Jar, Bain and Co. will have enough for Golden State. Just because I think Golden State with uh, without Draymond, it's just going to be a little bit tougher. And I think Memphis will have the answers. Because Memphis are fucking good. So give me the one and a half for Memphis. I think they win. You've probably heard the story about me going to an actual Memphis game when they played Golden State Game 4. Or was that the 2015 playoffs? It was absolutely awesome. Had a great fucking time. And Golden State, that was when they turned the corner in 2015. They were down 2-1 uh, against the grit and grind Grizzlies. And they came out and kicked the fuck out of them. But it was one of the great experiences because it was awesome. Like, I'd been to playoff games before, obviously, with my, uh, you know, the Paul Pierce, KG, Nets, etc., but uh, seeing being in Memphis and like the food, the booze, just the fucking atmosphere, it was awesome. So yeah, give me the Grizzlies tomorrow. Minnesota, they go to New Orleans. They're three and a half point favorites. I think they should be just good enough to take care of the Pelicans. It's a bit weird though because neither of these teams you can't trust like them to do anything. So <laughs> I mean, Minnesota, Ant Man, Anthony Edwards, if he's back and playing, I mean, he's going to be fired up because Georgia won the national championship in college today. He'll be fired up. D Lo, Cat, their record's actually not bad, obviously, when D Lo plays. So give me the Wolves minus three and a half. Fuck it. And then, uh, what well, we've got Chicago ho- hosting Detroit. The Bulls, 14 and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that. Detroit on the back to back is just going to be a little bit too tough for them to keep in touch with the Bulls or we'll just kick the shit out of them. And uh, Denver, they go to the Clippers. Oh, a bit of revenge! Kind of Denver versus Clippers. It's the uh, it's a tale as old, a tale as old as time, bro. Uh, the Nuggets two and a half point favorites against the Clippers, which is pretty crazy. But then you remember the Clippers don't have Paul George, Kawhi, or anybody, and Reggie Jackson and Mook Morris might be the best players. Give me the Nuggets minus two and a half. It'll be close, but the Nuggets will pull this one off. And there you go. That's all the games for tomorrow. We'll be back to wrap all that up for you. Probably a little bit later tomorrow because I'm taking the squid to the aquarium. He doesn't have daycare on Wednesdays, so. Uh, we'll have a late show tomorrow night. So stick around for it, though. I'll, I'll have plenty of uh, stories from the aquarium. <laughs> He's mad about fucking sea creatures. I love it. He watches the Octonauts religiously. Fucking loves them. And he's just a font of knowledge when it comes to sea creatures. And he's like, Dad, did you know this thing about some creature here? I'm like, fucking nut. Nah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's gnarly. Anyway, follow NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, and IG. For all your sea creature knowledge, uh, check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Uh, cracking NFL Australia this week. Uh, it's playoffs. 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 Can't wait for that one. Adam with World Wrestling Australia is back on YouTube. Go check that out. Cracking new start to 2022 for Adam. Go to YouTube. Search World Wrestling Australia. Always an amazing, amazing job. Smash NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Go to manscaped.com and use the code STRAYA. You'll get 20% off on free shipping. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code STRAYA there. And you'll get a free six-pack if you're in Melbourne and you're over 18. Knowable. Download that from your app store. Bang in the code STRAYA. You get 20% off getting smarter. Big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. Also, Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp. Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, have you listen and follow to your bands. Check that out. 
NBA Australia Sports Train Band, so should you. All right, we'll close out with a very quick Jingles HR, and we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen. questions from around the uh, around the globe about HR and everything but tell you what I'm just uh, heads up this week I'm just doing the right thing and I'm calling in sick so I've got the COVID and yeah uh, I'm doing the responsible HR thing and making sure like none of my workmates are exposed so for the next week I'll you know just be hanging out in the ISO just in the jammies watching Adam Sandler movies and talking to my wife and kids on FaceTime and Frank calling George Niang on the odd occasion. So I guess uh, that'll have to do me. Got, you know, out with the cocoa in the protocols. So, yeah, do the right thing. Stay home. Call in sick. Look after yourselves, would you? All right, I've been Joe Ingalls. Catch you next week.